0: on everybody welcome back to the podcast talking with beauties episode 47 the Wednesday news and on today's episode we're going to talk about the MLB all-star game which was played last night we got a new home for Alex to bring and Max Verstappen sets another record in Formula One but first let's head into the NHL Anze Kopitar signs a two-year, $7 million AAV contract with L.A. Comes back for the next two years as the L.A. captain. Really like the signing. I think him uh, pretty much ending his career in Los Angeles is definitely the right way to do it. Uh, I think he has more than two years left in him, though, but I like the signing of two years with the $7 million. You can probably get him cheaper um, as he gets older, for sure. The Stanley Cup has 52 new names on it. The Las Vegas Knights uh, got their names on it engraved. Looks really good. Um, love that it's still hand-done. Um, very unique to uh, anything that's so historic and um so prestige as the Stanley Cup names going on the cup. But it's the first time ever that the names have been added prior to the player's day with the cup, which I think is a great tr- new tradition. I think this needs to happen all the time. Why not have your name on the cup when you get to, to show it around and take it for your your day with it? So um, I'm excited for all those players um, that have their name on the cup and get to, to show off to their parents and their their loved ones and their family members that uh, they have their name on the Stanley Cup. So, Great, uh, great achievement, and uh, congrats to all of those uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, big trade. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Alex DeBrinket was traded from Ottawa to Detroit. Uh, it was uh, just him going to Detroit. Ottawa ended up getting a 2024 conditional first-round pick, 2024 fourth-round pick, Dominic Kubelik and Donovan Sebrango. I'm not sure who Sebrango is. Kubelik, I think, is a good, good uh, send-off over there. But let's talk about this conditional first-round pick. So Detroit has the option to send their own or Boston's 2024 first-round pick, which, of course, they have. If Boston's pick is a top 10, Boston will have the option to retain and send a 2025 first to Detroit. So there was another trade that is a conditional pick. I don't know how you're able to trade conditions on top of another condition. Uh, It just seems kind of sketchy around that. Um, But if that happens, it's a top 10 pick. Boston will have the option to retain their pick and send a 2025 first round pick to Detroit. Then Detroit has the option to send a 2024 first round or Boston's 2025 first round pick. So I'm not sure what the hell is going to happen when it comes to that. Um, I don't like being able to trade uh, option or conditional picks in the first place. I think it's dumb. Just trade what you have, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't really mind it going to Detroit. I don't know if it's really gonna help him. He ended up signing a four year, seven point eight seven five million AAV contract uh, once traded. So seems like he might be happy in a in a Detroit uniform. So we'll see what happens. I don't think him in Ottawa is really a good option there. But I think Ottawa did the best that they could, especially getting a potential first round pick. Um, next season out of it. So We'll see how this this pans out. Philip Zadina signs a one-year $1.1 million AAV contract with San Jose after his contract was terminated last week with Detroit for a lot of off-ice and on-ice situations with him in the management. Uh, He was let go, and San Jose picked him up for one year. I don't really like this signing. I don't think Zadina is really going to be that guy that really going to be worth the $1.1 Yeah, it's not a lot, but I think there's more to him than just the money and the playing style. So I think uh, Zadina has a lot to prove to himself, especially to um, the San Jose fans. And lastly, before we move on, Thomas Grice has announced that he will retire. The 37-year-old played 14 seasons with San Jose, Arizona, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, Detroit, and St. Louis. With the career of 368 games played, a record of 162, 130, and 37, 9 11 save percentage, and 2.77 goals against average. Uh, Grice has really just been that solid backup guy. He's had a couple of chances to be a starter, didn't do terrible, just really hasn't panned out to be one of those top goaltenders in the league. Um, congrats, though, on the, in the retirement, and uh, hopefully he stays around in the league because he is a great goaltender. And uh, maybe he'll find a coaching job somewhere, whether it's uh, at the NHL le- level or somewhere else. So congrats on the retirement, though, Grace. And uh, we'll see you later, dude. All right, so let's head to the MLB. So before we get into the All-Star game, big thing happened right before it. Detroit threw a no-hitter prior to the All-Star game um, against Toronto. And uh, it was a combined no-hitter. Matt Manning ended up starting it. Jason Foley and Alex Lang and, uh, finished it for them. So... Very surprising that not just that Toronto got no hit, that Detroit was the one that that threw it. Uh, Really have not seen their pitching be uh, one of those teams that really has impressed me when it comes to the pitching. So great job by them. So hopefully out of the All-Star break, maybe they get some momentum. As that AL Central is very bad, so definitely up for grabs. So if the Tigers want to get it, they definitely had the opportunity to get that. All right, let's talk about the All-Star game. So yeah, that was played last night. National League ended up winning three to two. It's their first win since twenty twelve, and that is a long time—over eleven years, um, over ten years, eleven years—to a uh, to keep on losing. That, that's surprising, to be honest. The last time they won them, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout played in their first All Star game. Derek Jeter led the team in hits, or led the league, excuse me, in hits at. 38 years old. Three perfect games were thrown that year. Gio Gonzalez led the league in wins, which was 21. And Carlos Correa went number one in the MLB draft. A lot has happened since 2012. And uh, congrats to the National League, because I really did not think they had the chance to win it this year. I thought the American League looked really good uh, roster-wise, even with all these stupid substitutions due to injuries for both sides. I thought the AL was going to still end up winning with this one. But very close game. National League able to, to um, pull this one away. Let's go to the box scores, though. National League, J.D. Martinez, Los Angeles Dodgers. He went 2-for-2 two two with a double and a run. Luis Arise, Miami Marlins, went 2-for-2 two two as well with one RBI. He's still batting above league expectations for anybody, batting around 393 right now. Um, he's definitely going to hit over 350 this year. Will he hit 400 is going to be the question for everybody, but I really hope he does, because that will be amazing if somebody does it in this day and age. Uh, Moving on, Elias Diaz, Colorado Rockies catcher. He went one for one, but that one hit ended up being a two-run shot, ended up winning him the MVP in the National League. Um, The the game, he won that one on a blast. So, uh, Diaz with the one hit, one one win right there. Camilla Duvall is credited with the win in that one, and Craig Kimbrell got the save. For the American League, nobody had multiple hits. A lot of players did have two at-bats, but nobody had two hits. Yandi Diaz did get the sto- scoring started with the home run. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays player went one for two on the day. Brent Rooker from the A's and Jose Ramirez from the Guardians both went one for two with a double. And from the pitching side, very solid pitching for the American League. Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Estevez from the Angels, Yennefer Cano from the Baltimore Orioles, and Jorge Lopez from the Minnesota Twins all went one inning, two strikeouts, and gave up nothing in their outings. So four innings right there of absolute dominance from the American League pitching. Mm -hmm. Felix Bautista, the, the one guy you would think should be able to shut the door down. Only went two-thirds of an inning, gave up one hit, two walks, one strikeout, two earned runs. That big home run coming from Diaz ended up sealing the deal for the National League. So unfortunate news from Batista. Jansen was able to get him to get the last out as he came in for relief. Uh, Very disappointing from the American League um, stats and watching the game. I only watched the first couple innings due to um, some work I had to get to. So kind of sucked. I wanted to watch that game, but at least I was able to watch Otani, see what he did. Um, but Batista, I really did think he was going to be one of those guys that should be able to shut the door down, get the hold, as they put in Lopez for the, the ninth inning, and he he shut the door down for them So for the National League. So it really gave the American League a chance in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, had two guys on at one point. Uh, Franco almost hit a home run, warning track fly ball. So they had their chances. Kimbrel was able to shut the door down, though, get the save in the National League, get their first win since 2012. So let's talk a little bit about facts about the game. This is the first All-Star game with uh, multiple caught stealings since 2008. Sean Murphy and Jonah Heim, the two catchers throwing throwing out runners. It's the first time two players with the same last name has hit a home run in the All-Star game, Yandy Diaz and Elias Diaz, yet they have no relation whatsoever. Second pitcher to appear in the All-Star Game on their birthday was yesterday, J- Justin Steele of the Chicago Cubs. Will Smith becomes the third catcher to steal a base in the All-Star Game. And the Texas Rangers are the third team to have six players on the same team on the, on the field at once, uh, first time since 1957. And those Rangers are Jonah Heim, Nathan avaldi Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, and Adolis Garcia. Great job by those guys, pretty much. Oh, excuse me, and Josh Young. Uh, great job by by the Texas Rangers this year. They've just been dominating. Uh, although they have not won a series in over a month, it's uh, been a little tough tough patch right now, but because they dominated so much at the beginning of the year, they have uh, been able to go on this little slide and uh, still hold a top spot in the AL West. So a couple of stats and fun facts there from that All-Star game, but let's move on. The New York Yankees have announced that they will put an ad on their jersey for the remainder of the year, both on their famous pinstripe jerseys and those road grays. Uh, It is star insurance, just a rectangle with uh, a blue color around it. It looks terrible. You're going to take an iconic jersey and put an ad on it. They already did it to the Red Sox. They're doing it to the Yankees now. It, it's tough to watch. Once the Dodgers get it, I think uh, baseball will be over when it comes to ads on jerseys. I think it'll just look terrible. So I'm not a huge fan of the ads. Don't like it in the NHL. Don't like it in the NBA. Soccer and NASCAR are, I think, the only two sports that should have ads on jerseys or their cars. Um, it just seems like it fits for those. Baseball does not, basketball does not, football it does not, hockey it does not. So uh, anytime I hear ads on jerseys, I definitely am against them. And it, it just sucks to see the Yankees, out of all the teams that do it, the team that does not need money, uh, looking to get more money as they are selling one of their sleeves to star insurance. Let's head to Formula 1. So we got two, two things to talk about. We'll talk about the British Grand Prix first. Last weekend was the British Grand Prix. Max Verstappen won it, of course, six consecutive wins for him. Uh, was entering this with the longest, third longest consecutive laps lead streak. It was over after five laps. Uh, ended up having 252 consecutive laps led laps, which is third all time in F1 history. It still ended up winning with it, um, but despite losing that streak, Lando Norris took second. It's the first time he's hit podium at his home track, and Lewis Hamilton gets third in this one. And lastly, out of the Formula One, Daniel Ricciardo to replace Nick Danvarez, Uh for AlphaTauri for the rest of the season. Uh, Nick has zero points this season and hasn't finished above 12th all year long and has two did-not finishes this season. So it was just a matter of time to see DeVries out of there at Alpha Torre. So Danny Ricardo, who's been the third driver in the Red Bull si- uh, system right now, pretty much signed this, this last season knowing that um, if something was going to happen at any top of those four drivers, whether it was Verstappen, Romo, uh, Nick or Pierre, uh, Danny Ricardo was going to take their seat. And uh, he's finally waited long enough, and Ricardo will take over for that second spot in AlphaTauri. So him and Pierre Gasly will be teammates going off the rest of the year. Let's head to soccer now. So the Women's World Cup starts July 20th, so that's coming up very soon now we got a little bit of news out of the U.S. So they announced their captains for this World Cup. Alex Morgan and Lindsey Horan will be the captains wearing the armbands for the World Cup. And Megan Rapinoe has announced that this will be her last World Cup. And after the 2023 NWSL season, she will end up retiring and, and putting up the boots. So I think Rapinoe's had a great career, uh, three-time World Cup champ, potential or excuse me, two-time World Cup chance, potential for a third time. Uh, I don't know if it will happen. have mentioned that a couple of times on this podcast. I don't know if it will happen. Hope it does. Don't know if it will. But great career no matter what. Um, off the field, I'm not going to talk about my opinions about that. But on the field, enjoy watching her play. Definitely one of the best players in the world and still at her age right now too. So congrats to Rapino. Still, we talking about the U.S., but we're going to go to the men's side. Christian Pulisic has officially announced that he will move to AC Milan for the next season. Uh, He was with Chelsea this last season, ended up having two offers, chose AC Milan, and AC Milan seems like they really want him. Sounds like that they want to use him as a primary role in their system. Uh, Pulisic has not been happy the last couple years at Chelsea. They have not been using him to his full potential, and he's been injured a lot, which doesn't help, but when he's not injured, He really has not got the opportunity to play as that starting left or right winger position. And you know Pulisic wants to play every single day. And uh, if he could play in the Gold Cup right now for the U.S., he would. But this is way more important to try and see where he'll be next season for the summer. So taking this summer off. And uh, Pulisic moving to AC Milan I think is a great move. They really want him to start there. And I think they're going to give him a great opportunity there. So I'm really excited to see what happens with Pulisic at AC Milan. And let's talk about the last thing about soccer this week. We we'll talk about the Gold Cup. So round one of the knockouts was last week. Panama beat Qatar four to zero. Mexico beat Costa Rica two to zero. Jamaica beat Guatemala one to zero. And the U.S. beat Canada in penalties. Final score was two two. Penalties was three to two. Really nail biter game. Went went to stoppage time. Both teams ended up scoring. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Matt Turner. Made a great stop and two misses from Canada. One off the crossbar to end up losing it. And uh, the U.S. Uh, really kind of been iffy. Has not been able to score very well um, against the better teams, I thought, with this B team that they have right now. Christ- or Brandon Vasquez, I thought, played very well, though, when he came in. So did uh, Cowell. I thought those two guys, once they came off the bench, was very good against Canada. Canada should not have come back in that game. Um, a handball earlier in the game that could have been called, they were lucky enough that there was a foul before the handball was was uh, called because that would have been a, a penalty. Right after they scored in about the 84th minute, 85th minute, uh, they were called for a penalty. Canada scored, forcing extra time. That should never happen. You should be able to play shut down defense right after you score, knowing that you need less than 10 minutes to win this game. So the U.S. playing an extra half hour, 45 minutes, uh, did not need to be necessary for them, but uh, they still won. So round two actually starts today, U.S. versus Panama at 4.30, and Jamaica versus Mexico at 7 o'clock. I expect the U.S. to beat Panama. I think it'll be 1-0 or 2-1. I think it'll be very close between those two games. Um, Jamaica and Mexico, expect Mexico to win it. I think it'll be 2 or 3-0. to zero. I don't think they're going to... Uh, struggle whatsoever against Jamaica. But we'll never know. Mexico did lose to Qatar and they had one of the better squads out there right now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, if I had to put money on it, I got the U.S. and Mexico winning round two. All right. Small news out of college football, but big news out of college football. Northwestern has fired their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, for um, knowing and allowing for hazing incidents to continue to go on in their locker room and team environments. Um, will not go into detail about it besides that there have been r- racial and sexual abuse uh, throughout the football program. And um, there was a two-week uh, suspension by the by the school to uh, Fitzgerald. And uh, they have uh, fully investigated, figured out that he is going to be fired and terminated for uh, the rest of his contract, and um, Northwestern now needs a head coach. But talk about Fitzgerald. This is terrible news. Supposedly the t- the players knew about it, didn't want to say anything about it. Uh, one player did, went to the organization, went to the school, and uh, they were able to investigate it, find out that that Fitzgerald knew about it, didn't stop it. And, uh, in today's world, that can't be happening. It's not the, not the seventies anymore, not the sixties anymore where this could go. You could get away with this kind of stuff. It's not movies. Um, it, it's unfortunate news. Hopefully those players are okay. And, uh, no one is, is too scarred from what has happened. But, um, uh, it, it's something that should never happen and you should never worry about as a college athlete and uh, worrying about what's going to happen in the locker room today if, one, if you're a new guy. So um, hopefully that will never happen again and uh, we don't have to talk about this news ever again. All right, games to watch this weekend. Not much to watch. We got two leagues, MLB and MLS. So let's start with MLB. We got the Marlins versus the Orioles. First games back from the All-Star break for these two. And uh, it's a three-game set. I expect the Marlins to win this one. Um, I, I really like Luis Arise. I think he should be batting above 400 to end the year. And uh, he's just been really looking really good. So I think the Marlins win two out of three. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore did take two out of three. I'm just going to choose the Marlins in this one. Cincinnati and Nashville play on Saturday at 4.30. Uh, Battle of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. I know I keep putting Cincinnati in the the teams to watch, but they're really good this year, and Nashville has looked very good this year as well. So expect this game to be really good. It should be close. I usually expect scoring out of the MLS, not too many clean sheets. Um, I would expect maybe 3-2 or 2-1 final here. Don't know who will win this one, but I will put... um, a little bit favoritism towards Ohio and uh, have Cincinnati win this one. So should be a good game, though. Hopefully you guys will, will tune into those two games um, this weekend. But thanks, guys, for listening to this one. Very short episode, less than 20 minutes. Hopefully you guys got some information you guys did not know already about this. And uh, we might have an awesome weekend episode. Um, I'll be going to Zion this weekend. So we'll see if everybody in the house will want to, do a fun episode this weekend, so we'll see what happens. If not, we'll see you guys on the Wednesday news next week. So uh, check out the socials for any news updates that, uh, that I'll post about uh, whether episodes are coming out or episodes are not coming out. So we'll see you guys later and uh, have an awesome weekend, you guys.